Just Man's the Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. It's your girl, Mans. Happy Monday. I am so excited for this episode. I sit down with one of my friends, Sierra Brooks. Sierra and I have been friends for a while. We went to high school together in Orlando, Florida, and we've kept in touch ever since. Sierra played golf at the University of Florida, Go Gators, and was a top-ranked amateur before turning pro. She is currently playing her rookie year on this mentor tour. Sierra plans to be a part of growing the game and bringing that cool factor that Tyre brought to the PGA to the LPGA tour one day. You guys, this girl is a badass. In this episode, we talk about the behind the scenes of women's golf, off the course regimens, dating life, working out, and what it takes to succeed as a pro athlete. It was so much fun to record this episode. We actually had a few technical difficulties and had to re-record this episode, so I did it twice, and I can attest, it's a good one. (laughs) I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode as much as I did, so let's just get into it. Wait, before we get into the episode for today, I need to tell you guys about a coffee that I've been loving that doesn't make me feel jittery or wired or full of anxiety, and that is Before You Speak. You guys, this is everything I want in a coffee. It's convenient, delicious, and full of health benefits. Their sachets are high-performance, premium instant coffee infused with superfoods. They have two products, the One OG, which is gluten, dairy-free, keto, paleo, vegan, and 100% natural, all of the things. It includes turmeric to reduce inflammation, MCT oils to improve mental clarity, green bean extract to support fat loss, and Siberian ginseng to avoid the caffeine crash and jitters. I had no idea I needed Siberian ginseng in my life, but this is legit a game changer. The Glow Series is packed with collagen, is gluten dairy-free, and helps to promote healthier skin and nails. They're both sweetened with stevia to keep it natural and free of artificial sweeteners. Personally, my favorite flavor is the Glow Mocha, but the Caramel One OG is just as delicious. Both of their coffees can be brewed either hot or cold, which makes it so convenient. Literally, all you do is just get hot water or cold water, tear the sachet open, pour it in, and stir. You guys, everything about this brand is a win for me. Their coffee was designed to be consumer-friendly and easily usable wherever you are in the world, making it an easy grab-and-go option. Before You Speak aims to help you get more out of your day, to keep you caffeinated so that you can focus on getting shit done. Guys, this is the coffee I love. This is the coffee you need. This is the coffee you've been seeing on my Instagram. So head over to us.beforeyouspeakcoffee.com to order some coffee of your own and use my code AMANDA to get 10% off your purchase. Again, that is us.beforeyouspeakcoffee.com with code AMANDA for 10% off your order. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, you guys, welcome to another episode of Just Man's The Podcast. Today I have Sierra Brooks on the podcast. It's so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, actually, Sierra and I have done this episode before, so we know it's going to be a good one. We tried to record this like oh. two weeks ago. We got through the whole thing, tried to upload this audio file because we were using a different app, and her mm-hmm. audio file did not upload. It got lost in the void somewhere, so it got deleted. Yep. Blaming on Corona. Blame everything on Corona. (laughs) So today we got a new setup. We got some equipment. We got on some Zoom and we're doing this thing again for you guys because it's just that good. So Sierra, I guess what I want to start off with is just how you got into golf. 
Yeah. So my dad was the guy who got me into it. He got me started when I was about six years old and basically just gave me out of the house trying to babysit me while my mom was running errands. But I just, I picked it up right away and I loved it. Um, I love just like the competitive nature of it. Obviously at six, I didn't, I was more into running around trying to drive the golf cart and stuff, but <laughs> But uh, my dad's been there by my side uh, since I started, and it's been, you know, it's been a great journey so far. And it's so interesting because, I mean, my dad's a professional golfer, so it makes sense for my dad want to to want to get me into golf, which he never did, by the way. But you, at a, at six years old, being a girl, golf isn't really the sport that most six year old girls lean towards. Oh right, no, not at all. I I could not find a single girl to play with until <laughs> you're like do you guys know what golf is <laughs> yeah no, exactly <laughs> no and and it was it was just me I mean, like my memories of when playing golf are with older men and just with the guys <laughs> at the club. <laughs> no, no. we're like people are like Sierra who's your older friend and you're like um Mr. Jones he's actually dead now <laughs> Literally, no, but uh, but that's why also I did uh play other sports growing up. Like I was a gymnast, and at the time, and I had to actually choose between golf and gymnastics at one point. And um, but just with the longevity of golf, I decided on on that. And um, but yeah, it's it's always honestly been a struggle to find a good girl group in golf. I have them in tournaments, but when I come home, it's like. I'm like this morning, I'm out there just by myself and, you know, the older men's groups come up and saying hi to them, but that's about it. <laughs> so when did you decide you wanted to go golf instead of gymnastics? Cause you were pretty, it was, it, you got, you came to a moment where you had to really decide which one you wanted to carry on with, correct? Yeah, no, I, I was about, it was like between the ages of like eight to 10. I remember I, I started competing in golf at eight and I'm pretty sure I, I yeah I still stuck with gymnastics and at 10 was around when I decided and my dad I, I remember him telling me he said you know do you when I was making the decision he's like do you want to cheer for people or do you want people to cheer for you and like gymnastics isn't a, a cheer sport obviously but in a sense it's just like you know you're doing flips and stunts and putting your body in jeopardy and Whereas golf, there was, you know, a bigger payoff there for me and it was independent sport. And that was just something that I loved about it. And I could see my life go beyond just collegiately and whatnot. I could see myself playing for the rest of my life. So, you know, it, I, I don't know how at eight, I really came up with that or 10, I came up with that decision, but you saw the leotards and you're like, there's no way I am living in one of those for the 10 plus years. Oh yeah. No, no. <laughs> like all leotards and all the food that I wanted to eat with yeah it. <laughs> like that doesn't add up <laughs> no <laughs> not gonna make put my body through that but yeah so um yeah no and it, it besides that it's just been it's really just stuck with golf solely since and I mean I ran track and field but it just my life has been dedicated to it so when you were eight you made the decision eight to ten and then in high school tell me about how golf kind of fit into your high school world yeah, golf in high school was, it it was pretty much my number one priority because I wanted to get into a good college and that was the whole you know goal. I was traveling all over the country and world and I was lucky enough that 
our high school allowed me to take a lot of days, miss a lot of days, and I was able to get out at like noon or one to go out and practice. Sierra and I went to a really small private school in Lake Mary, Florida, Lake Mary Preparatory School, shout out. And (laughs) yeah, my brother was in the same boat because he was also trying to pursue a golf career and, you know, get into college. So they, they were gone from school at noon. They had the best high school life. (laughs) Oh, it was, it was great. It was literally like what college is like. And Mm -hmm. so to have that. And it it prepared you too. Yes. A hundred percent. And the teachers, you know, my teachers were understanding, obviously it's hard, but like, it was nice to learn how to balance it then to prepare me for college. Cause it only gets harder from there. So to me it was, you know, I wanted to be the hardest working girl golfer that there was. And so I would, you know, spend all my free time doing it. And you traveled everywhere too. I remember you even went to Japan at one point. You came back and you were like, Amanda, do you know what they eat for breakfast in Japan? Rice. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know I turned into a ball of rice. When yeah. I got but, uh, no, I went to Japan a few times, China, Europe too. It's taken me all over in um, the sport. And that's been just like one of the biggest blessings with it, just to experience all these different cultures and whatnot like I would never I mean I could never have imagined that I would have gone to travel these places at you know the age of 21 so right so cool so in high school when did you decide to play collegiately was that always your goal and when did when did the opportunity arise for you to play in college yeah so well actually the opportunity it wasn't even in high school I I committed, I started looking at colleges, I started getting letters in seventh grade, like questionnaires. And then I went on my first visit when I was in eighth grade. And I remember one of the colleges specifically putting a lot of pressure on me and saying I had like, I was like a four months uh, to decide if I wanted to go to the school. They were wanting to like, you know, all the colleges, they're, they're, you know, talking up a big game, like, we want to build a program around you. I, I need to know by April. So that rushed my decision. And I, I, looking back, I was like, I was an eighth grader. I think I was 13 or, yeah, like 13 years old. And I was going to say, what does that do to an eighth grader already deciding where she wants to go to college? It's like the next four years. It's like, what do you yeah. have to think about? Yeah. An eighth grader doesn't know anything. An eighth grader can't <laughs> drive. Like, no. I, <laughs> let alone know what college I want to go to so well anyways I let that pressure get to me and I I did um it it rushed my decision so I I started looking all over and um visited a few schools and decided on going to Florida which you know I I loved it and seemed like the best you know option for me too just being I was a I'm a Florida girl I wanted to you know get to play for a Florida school and that was important important to me and but then you know fast forward a couple years and I'm a junior and I realized that you know my my ideas of what uh, the right college is for me has changed and that I I wanted to you know give myself a better opportunity to to know what that really is and so I decided to decommit and looked again and then wound wound up in Wake Forest and then a year later, winding back up at Florida. So. <laughs> <laughs> so came, came full circle. But to anyone who's kind of in the position now in high school, what would you say? Would you, or even in eighth grade, would you say wait on it a little bit? Cause you have time. Oh yeah. I, 
I try to tell as many young girls as I can who are getting pressure from coaches because it all starts young. They, the coaches want to, they need to do that because um, they have a full-time job with the team. So right. recruiting is building their future team and the sooner they do it, the better. But um, I, I always tell them like, they, they can wait on you. You don't need to force it for them and rush it for them. Like you need to know where you want to be because it's important. It's four years of your life and that really, I mean, you see girls go into college and become better and you see them go into college and not even play their sport anymore or like it, you know? So it's just, you know, people have different experiences and you want to make sure you're in the right environment where you go. Right. Especially in college when you're away from your family, environments, everything. Yes, exactly. So then in college, how did your college career in golf go? So that was good. I, I mean, at Florida, I had an amazing experience. I, I, when I started, I started out at Wake, and that, I honestly, I loved the university. I just, I got injured. I had a wrist injury and then ended up getting surgery and just kind of uh, took me away from the sport. And my, my coach, uh, assistant coach, he left the program at mid-year, and there's just a lot that happened, and I, I needed to go home, and I needed to be home. And so I decided that was the best thing for me and I decommitted and I mean, I mean, not decommitted. I asked to transfer and left there thinking I wouldn't even go play college golf again. I didn't Mm. want anything to do with it. I was like, I'm done. I just want to get healthy. And so I got back and all of a sudden, like a few months went by, I was going to take a gap semester from everything. And uh, the Florida coach reached out and told me that she had a spot and and that automatically I was like, you know what, I, I didn't want to, but there's just something about this. Like it was originally the college I chose and it's in Florida. I cannot go wrong. I, I want to give this a best shot and I want to change my thoughts on college golf too. And, and also too, you only, I mean, you can go back to college whenever, but in your circumstance, say you, you know, golf is your career. And, and when you start your career in golf, you're going not gonna have time to go back to college so this is really the only years that you do have to go to college so that was that was a huge decision but I think it you it was the right decision because you're so young right yes exactly and I knew too once I'm out once once you turn pro you're traveling all over and your chance to you know have freedom have fun be a kid granted it's the, the fun you still have fun later on in life but like you know that sort of the college fund that that just goes when, once you get past that age and you turn and your up. tolerance goes down and you get the worst hangovers and oh, you feel like yeah, right. person so it's like oh, know. you know make the most of it now <laughs> I know the difference between freshman year and now like I, I, some there was a point where going out was just like I would wake up the next day and I could do it all again I was like what <laughs> completely <laughs> different person completely different person now <laughs> so I know your college career is kind of interesting what you've said thus far but also the way it kind of ended too because you chose to forgo your last semester of college yes yep I did and that was another another tough thing for me it was that was the hardest decision because you know I I love my team I love my coaches and I the year before I came in second individually nationals and we had the team that I felt like we could go and win nationals so that to I played in Q school and I honestly didn't put many expectations on whether or not you know how far I was going to make it and 
made, I made it to the final stage and I, you know, I had full Symmetra status, but with, I looked at it and I was like, if I, my whole goal is to play on the LPGA tour. And so in order to do that, I need to play in like every tournament is an opportunity on the Symmetra tour to get into the top 10 of the money list. So top 10 there, well, you get your full LPGA card. And the, the uh, schedule that they had out at the time for Symmetra tour was I would have missed 11 events of 23 that they were projected to have if I went and stayed for my spring season. So I was like, that's half the events. Like I got to put my best foot forward here and do what's good for me. And, you know, I, I love Florida and I will, you know, forever be a Gator and bleed that orange and blue, but like I, you know, LPJ is my dream. So I just want to chase that. And I honestly, that decision, I feel like, not only is right because of everything that you just said, but also, I mean, with coronavirus going on, it, everything got canceled anyway. I know. And it, it would have been crazy to have been, you know, if I, if I did decide to stay and then just knowing all that I know now, and I would have been so behind the eight ball if I would have, you know, went and, I mean, granted, I'm so sad for, you know, those seniors and, and just the collegiate players who had their seasons have to come to a, you know, quits, but for, in hindsight, I definitely, you know, looking back, it's like, yeah, I guess I, I did make the best decision. But also too, you are now able to take this time instead of worrying about online classes and getting your stuff done and getting your degree and doing all that and trying to juggle everything. Now you can just focus on your career and pursuing that goal. And just like you said, putting your best foot forward. Yes, exactly. It's crazy. You know, that when you get that time in college, you have so many different things you got to focus on, you know, golf, obviously, but school's the most important there. And, you know, you got to be passing in order to be able to play. So, and college professors really aren't that understanding about, you know, missing for, for oh, yeah. uh, golf tournaments. I mean, my dad, my dad has 21 credits or something like that left yeah. of college because his college like psychology teacher wouldn't let him miss or turn in an assignment late or miss a test because of a golf tournament. So he's well, like, okay, I'm just going to go make a ton of money on the tour and, you know, pursue my career. No, exactly. It, they are, it, it's hard because they're like, you need, you know, all the other equal opportunity, you know, the other kids are coming to class or not, and, but you know what, it, and it's, but it's a full-time job, uh, golf and traveling and all that. It's just, it's not feasible. So yeah, I, I'm so, I'm very thankful. I'm not having to worry about that all right now. I'm just fully focused into me and it's really the first time in my life I've felt like I've been able to do that. And so it's just great. Well, you're, you're putting all of your time and your effort into what you love and what you really have wanted to do for your whole life. I mean, you've been juggling two things at once since I've known you in, in, you know, in high school. And so, yeah, I can't even imagine the liberation you must feel just having all your focus be on golf. Oh yeah, no, exactly. And it, it makes me realize too, like now I get to, do that then I get to dive even deeper into my game my mental side health you know physically you know what I'm doing in the gym you know just so many different things that I'm able to really like focus on now yeah you have full control of what you want to make this this career yes and it's it's so exciting so so speaking of career when did you realize that you could make this your career was it like in high school are you playing well or what was there a moment when you were like, damn, I'm good. I can do this for a living. 
Well, you know, when thinking about it, there was not a, a specific moment, but I just know that I remember whenever I started competing and playing and um, winning and getting that, you know, taste of, you know, that victory and working hard and just there's there's many ups and downs in golf, but I just I loved it and um, I love being in the hunt and the grind. And so I knew like I always for working towards tournaments and before then, like I would put my practice and focus on, you know, the goals and dreams that I had set. And and those goals and dreams were to turn pro and to win the U.S. Women's Open. And I, you know, you know, some girls that I like looked up to were like Annika, Soren Stan, Paula Creamer, and Lorena Ochoa. Lorena Ochoa. And, uh, you know, those were, you know, the best professionals of all time. And so whenever I was just practicing at like literally when I was like eight to and 10, like my dad would be like, all right, Sarah, like this is make this five foot putt uh, to win the U S women's open <laughs> or whatever. So that's amazing. Yeah, no, it was cool. And, and it's that, that's the kind of practice, like looking back, like I still do that to this day to, you know, try to prepare myself. And it's just, when you're young, you know, you have all the dreams and just, you know, the dreams are, they go to, you know, to sky's the limit there. So, it's so would you say that the fact that you kind of just put yourself in the mindset of if I, like, I'm making, I want to make this a career and I'm going to make this a career. Do you think that helped you pers- like pursue it and get good at it? Just, just thinking that you could. Yes. Yes. Thinking that I could believing it. I, that's, that was it for me, you know, that that's all I, I saw for myself in the future because I'm a, I'm a big dreamer and I, I like work towards what I envision in my head. And that was it for me of being the best woman's golfer of all time. And so I, what I, what I do every day now, what I did when I was 10 is literally working to do that. So I, you know, I'm big on, uh, you know, the mental side and visual, visualization and just like what you put in your head and feel like I really truly believe that you can do it so that's just been it really has been implemented you know I haven't really given it that much I haven't thought back to that time um like I am now but yeah I really I remember I that's what I would be doing so I know obviously you're where you are now and you want to go so many other places but what would was the biggest hurdle if there were any that got you to where you are now? Yeah, there was oof. I mean, golf has given me a lot of uh challenges that I've had to overcome. First being, you know, the injury with the wrist. And I that was the first time in my life I thought that I wouldn't I, there was a chance I would never play golf again because what pain free. And <laughs> playing with pain was just not fun. And so I didn't see a really a career out of it during that time. Um, and before that, I mean, there's been, I've gotten to a very high level in golf and then in junior golf and come in last place in tournaments, shooting the worst scores ever. And, you know, just, you get, to, you, you know, have hit rock bottoms, you know, in golf sense. And so just overcoming those, um, times that they've really just they've been what drive me to this day and to make me know like I know I can go through anything I can get through 
whatever comes at me, um, I feel, you know, ready for that. And golf, it's never, uh, it's never great all the time. So you're always like trying to find it, but (laughs) I think, yeah, I think golf is one of those sports. It's, this is unique to golf in which it's such a roller coaster. You know, you can go out and play so well and then have one bad tournament or one bad day and be like, I'm terrible. Why am I even playing this? Oh, you know, exactly. It, it's constantly testing you and it's testing who you are as a person. It literally like makes you question yourself so many times, but you know, at the end of the day, it's the sport I fell in love with and yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So. And it shrinks, it strengthened your mind so much too. I mean, you're, you're constantly being mind fucked, honestly. Like oh, it's such yeah. a mental game. It is. It's, I think to the point I'm at right now, it, feels like 95% mental honestly Mm. you can trick your mind into anything and most of the times it's trying to trick it to be able to be comfortable over a shot that you're freaking out about because you know which you probably hit multiple times before (laughs) oh yeah on the range you can go out and you know on a tournament I've had so many rounds where I go on the range hitting it perfect and I'm like oh this is gonna be a great day and get out in the first tee snap hook what is going on <laughs> <laughs> so you, you never know with golf you got to be ready for anything but you just have to handle the adversity as well as you can and speaking of adversity I want to talk about what it's like being a woman in such a male-dominated space because I can't even imagine it, there's such a separation between the two, between the LPGA tour and the PGA tour. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, there, that gap is definitely trying to be bridged, but it, there is such a difference in just the fan base and, you know, obviously the amount, the, the professional tour, the purses are so much higher than they are for the ladies and the LPGA tour. It's gone up tremendously over the years, but I mean, there's still, you know, it's like, some most tournaments around like 300 grand to the men's it's a million and up so big differences there but you know it's just it's all in the viewership and we just need you know a little bit more attention brought to the women's game and it needs that you know cool factor brought to it that the PGA Tour already has what do you think the PGA Tour has or the LPGA Tour has to do to compete with the PGA Tour do you think it is that cool factor do you think it's getting more women to play the sport. What do you think it is? I think, man, I mean, Tiger changed it for the the guys. He, I think he brought in that cool side. He brought in a whole, you know, fitness and mindset that was just like unbreakable and beatable that it kind of elevated the game. To it made people realize that golf is a sport. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I think that's what we're struggling with for on the girls' side is just, you know, they're, you know, they don't take us as seriously. And that's what we need is, you know, where I think a little bit of it has to do with social media and just the perception of, you know, girls and with showing their boobs and tight clothes. And that's not the professional game. So, like, that's not what you're going to see out there. And, but, but that's, what's getting a lot of attention and, you know, especially in such a male dominated game, you're gonna, if it's a woman playing, you're going to be sexualized and that needs to change. I I, mean, it's even like I've grown up in, in country clubs my whole life and there's still country clubs out there that are only men. 
Oh yeah. All, and I'm like, I just don't get it. Uh huh. I know. I don't either. There's grill rooms that are only men. Only men. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, certainly it's definitely changing, but it is still like, I mean, I, I don't know when it, it's going to be to the point where it's on a you know level playing field. I don't, I don't know if it would ever get to the point of being equal, the LPGA tour and PGA tour until, you know, all of these just country clubs and the people who follow golf and who like to play golf leisurely until that becomes, you know, combined and, and it's not segregated by sexes. Yeah. Well, you, do you know what golf stands for? Right. Like the, they said like back in the guys day, only some shit like that. <laughs> gentlemen only ladies forbidden. <gasps> yes, like that's that's of the- my 22 years and my father playing this sport for a living. How the fuck <laughs> did I not know that? <laughs> <gasps> yeah, I was surprised you told me. He probably didn't want you to you to know that. Probably <laughs> not. He wanted you to play, I'm sure. So <laughs> uh it's crazy. Yeah. So I Well mean, then I'm surprised that women even got into it in the first place then. Right. I know. I need to you know. We need to do some research. We need to come out with like a crash course history of golf. <laughs> exactly. you know, we got to come back and, and talk about the next. history. That is next. <laughs> so where do you think the LPGA tour will find relevancy then? I think, you know, where it's finding it now is over in Asia, um, in Korea and in Japan, there's, you know, golf is is famous it's just like it's the it's sport over there for for the ladies I can like the fan base there is I mean quadruple double like the size of what we have in the U.S. so I think you know it's it's seen it's shown in some you know areas in the world I just think here you know there needs we need to to grow you know the next generation um, of the game and inspire the youth and I think that's like the main one and we need to give give back to do that and I think also just to gain you know to be taken seriously we need to you know perform at high levels and win and you know people when you when people watch the LPGA and they see girls out there you know doing really good you earn the respect but I think there's like this sort of relatability there that needs to take place like for guys don't really, you know, it's a male dominated sport. And a lot of the time, like the people who are watching are men and guys aren't watching girls thinking, Oh, I want to hit the ball just like her. They're watching Ricky Fowler and Tiger and all those guys saying, that's what I want to hit it like. And that's what I want to be like. And when they're watching the women, they're like, wow, I like her legs or she's pretty or wow. She hits it pretty, pretty good for an attractive girl. Yes. Right. I know there it's, it's take the attention is taken to a completely different place with the ladies but but we we should use it to our advantage we need to i think use you know the 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 things that are attractive dude sex appeals everything and especially make them even like and do it even more so you know bring out show personality out there a lot of times we're taking it too seriously the guys are out there having fun you know giving each other shit the girls you know i I've played in a few LPJ events and, and professional events and it's just, it's cutthroat and you know, it's, you know, it is your job and you're out there to go, you're, you're taking the other girl's money or they're taking yours. And so, yes, it is serious, but there's also a level of, 
you know, camaraderie and, and fun that needs to be there that people need to see. Do you think that the camaraderie, camaraderie isn't there because the idea of maintaining that professionalism within women's golf has become so high and they don't think that they're going to be taken seriously unless they hold uphold that professionalism because like you're saying I think I would watch women's golf more if I saw more of the personality or if you know I followed more women on social media who play on the on the LPGA and let let us into their lives a little bit and let us into their personality more so do you think that the professionalism is almost hurting the women I think so, you know, and the point you make, it's, it's a really good point. I, I think there, it, it's just not, people aren't able to relate and they're not able to, you know, really just, you know, sit back and enjoy the, you know, the people who are playing the game because it, it is an entertainment business at the end of the day. Your, your job is, yes, to go kick ass on the golf course, but it's also to be an entertainer. And so to do that, you got to, you got to spice it up out there. You do. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think hopefully, you know, I, that's what, one of my many goals, I hope that I can be a part of that change. Do you think the fact that not many young girls see themselves playing golf hinders the popularity of the game at all? Cause like you said, m- the most majority of people who are watching men's golf are men, but that's not really the case on the women's side either. It's, you know, I think there's such a small audience because I don't think a lot of women see themselves playing golf, especially young girls. I completely agree with you there. I, I know. I, I think the, the whole, you know, point to get the game to grow is to, to specifically target, you know, the younger generation and try to let them, you know, just feel like they can you know, have that, you know, see themselves in our shoes and, and want that. And I think it's, I mean, and in order to do that, there's so many outlets now that we can use in terms of, we we can use social media, you can host clinics um, for like in your town, like you can have like a junior clinic and you can also just use the opportunities where you get to be in front of the camera to really speak out about, you know, how the game needs to grow and then let the, allow the girls to like know that they can and that and they should do this and just all like the great things there's so many golf is the greatest game in my opinion you can play it for life it teaches you so many lessons that I you know life it's like it golf is life not in the sense of just like you know because it's you know that I'm not biased because I play it like that I just it's literally teaching me lessons every day that I cannot just get on a regular basis without it and I just think that girls need to have role models and I think if there's some if there's better role models out not there aren't better ones but if there if girls are you know using the opportunity to be a role model and to show like you know set a good example and and giving them that like relatable re- relatability there, I feel like that can change. And I mean, because you see it with those young boys, they're, they're wearing like Ricky Fowler hats and they're dressing up just like Tiger Woods. And, you know, there's, they, you know, those young boys, they, they look up to the guys there. We need to do the same, you know, for the young girls and give them something and someone to look up to. 
Yeah. And I think starting with social media too, that's a great platform for these women golfers to utilize to reach those, those young girls and, and show them, you know, that cool factor, like you said, that tiger brought to the PGA tour. So do you, do you, would you say you want to be that cool factor for the LPGA? Do you want to be the face of the LPGA one day? That it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so possible for you. No, of course that's, you know, since I've, you know, tried to, you know, become gotten on this professional route, this journey, I've been wanting to really change the game the way Tiger did for the men and bring that cool factor to it and that it needs. And I, I want to be a part of that, that change. And I really think there's an opportunity there and there's more interest that's being brought to the sport. And I think that just by, you know, obviously I can do that with my playing good, you know, that, that that's the first thing that's happened. You know, I got to go earn, earn it by, with my, you know, results, but I can also, do other things with the way my use my platform on social media and you know raise the game to a higher standard than it's at people don't think that girls are you know women's golfers are athletes and it gets that bad rap all the time and that needs to change and I think I think part of that cool factor that we were talking about can be shown through working out and nutrition and and all that stuff on on social media so just the, the off the course regimen too. People want to see that behind the scenes. So what is an average day in the life of Sierra Brooks? I'm talking like nutrition, workout routine, just your total off the course day. Yes. It's, um, it's the same thing every single day. So it's literally, I, I'm an early bird. I like to wake up at the crack of dawn and Mm -hmm. I'm a big breakfast person. I have the same thing every single day. That's, probably not good to do that but it's like egg toast and yogurt granola with like five cups of coffee I'm good to go (laughs) are you a are you a black coffee kind of girl are you you know creamer and I'm I'm a black coffee black yeah I mean I so I started off with creamer and I went to almond milk and then now I'm you weaned yourself off yes I weaned myself off but I I need to do that I'm a sucker for lattes I mean I will I will gladly take a latte. I just, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I, you know, I like to get started early and then just, I have a morning practice session. So I'll go out in the morning and get some work in and do some drills on the range and the putting and chipping. And then I'll come back. I'll get a workout in. Um, right now it's hard, obviously. I'm limited to my garage. Got to get creative. Yes. And then, so I'm, I'm doing that and I'm eating lunch and going back out to go play some golf. And, you know, if, if I got a really good, um, longer practice session in the morning and then maybe I'll, you know, take the afternoon to do something with my family or, um, some, you know, with friends or just my mental stuff, work on that side of the game too. So, but most of the time I, I use the afternoon to go out and play and um, I'm big into nutrition. So I love to cook. I'm like, all right, I'm already, when I'm on the golf course and I'm finishing up, I'm already thinking like, all right, what am I going to make? Yeah. So do you think, do you think nutrition's a big part of, you know, playing well and, and performing at your best? Totally. I think that for me, I see it as like the, like your brain fuel and mm-hmm 
golfing, you are out there for four to six hours and you need as much of that as possible because having focus for that long is hard. And so for me, I've brought into my routine to just have to snack frequently throughout the round. And, you know, I'm not going to be eating an entire sandwich, you know, right there and just not be able to swing around my stomach suddenly, but (laughs) I'm just going to make sure like I'm nibbling on food and just constantly like giving my body and mind like that energy it needs. So I think it's important and making sure you're doing it the right way. It's you, do you have any of your favorite on the course snacks? I mean, I'm a big almond butter girl. I, so I'm always putting that on anything I can find. So <laughs> like a banana or I'll bring like a little, you know, piece of toast out there and put it mm-hmm. on that. Or we just all, I'll sometimes just go ahead and eat it out of the pack. <laughs> but uh, yeah. The little Justin's almond butter ones. <laughs> yeah. Those exactly. Yeah, and then they're great. Whole Foods has some amazing trail mix that I'll always uh, bring a baggie of. And so, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, you know, a bunch of like little things. I like to eat like whole food um, as as least processed as possible, but um, it's, it's hard to like do that. And also I'm like really get full enough. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of the struggle there, but, but we're working on it. And that's, and that's tricky because I know my dad, for instance, whenever he's playing a tournament, he barely eats at the turn. He'll have a protein bar at the turn and nothing else until he's done. So it's interesting that you say you need to eat because I know so many people who do it so differently and yeah, I think it's just figuring out what works for you, but yeah. Cause you don't want, you don't want to be too full when you're playing golf. No, you don't. And I have like almost every teammate I've or person I played with will tell me they're like I don't eat anything when I'm out there. How how can you eat? Yeah, and you're over here like two protein bars down, trail yeah. mix in your mouth. Oh, yeah, I'm like over here full stuff. Like <laughs> what are you talking about? But, but honestly, I've seen a lot of my friends they have they crash towards the end of the round and they'll have like maybe you know sometimes they'll have like a couple bad holes coming in and. I blame that on not eating. So yeah, you gotta have fuel. <laughs> exactly. To me, it's just like, maybe it's just the fact that it's a habit now and I'm superstitious about not like eating at this point, but I really do believe that it's, you know, it's just one more thing to give you the, an edge up while you're out there. And doing it the right way too. Exactly. So would your workout routine kind of be up there with your nutrition aspect of making you better on the course? Yes, definitely. I'm, I'm working out right now, since we're not playing, I'm working out almost every day. Um, But I'm trying to, I'm being smart about it. Like I'm really working out for the benefit of like making sure my body stays mobile and I'm strong in areas. So my swing doesn't have to compensate in others, which is what I learned from this whole wrist injury. I did not know when ever I, I didn't I used to not really be that into working out I just thought I needed to go for a jog or run or whatever Darnell shout out to you for that yeah. <laughs> our our track coach in high school Darnell Harrison who is great he still coaches us whenever we you know if we're ever in our like Mary and we're like coach can you coach he's like absolutely so yeah he he was our track coach and our workouts would be hill sprints you know go on a mile jog and just cardio based so that yeah. definitely instilled that in us 
no, that, that was all I thought was a workout before. And then it's amazing too, just to have that for golf, but there's also, there was more there that I did need. And, you know, as you get older and your body kind of, I mean, I'm at 20 years old and my body's not really breaking down, but it, it was, but it changes. So. It changes. Yes. Yes. And with the golf swing, you're making a swing at like 90 miles per hour and you're, you know, whenever you're not strong in a certain area, another one's going to compensate. And so my wrist was taking the hit there and that's what led to my injury. So now I'm doing like everything around building strength in my body to where I'm not going to have anything break down on me. So I, I can go play a full season and not have to worry. Do you think it's important to find that workout routine or that kind of workout tailored to golf specifically? Yes. It's because I mean, at, at the same time I say that and I, my workouts aren't, I don't think people would consider them exactly a golf workout. Uh, people probably think that's with like bands and just with no weights. Um, but to me, I, I like to go a little bit extra with like, I, I you know, I, I implement squats and, you know, a lot of weight training too, but I'm not out there overdoing it. I've learned my lessons with that, but I do think that it's important to have a trainer who knows where your limitations are and how, you know, to target those areas to strengthen them. Because a lot of times you don't even know it's there. You, you think, I just thought when I had my wrist, when my wrist was injured, I thought I needed to, I was told to do forearm uh, workouts to strengthen it and all that. And when it wasn't even that in the first place, it was my, my like shoulders and and my hips and my, Mm -hmm. my glutes weren't activated at all. And like all of those little things were causing me to, you know, make the swing without being able to turn. And so, you know, I do think for golf, having a trainer who understands the swing and can kind of guide you in a good direction for what to, you know, uh, what exercises you need is, is definitely important. Okay. Two questions to that. What is your favorite type of workout just based on like what you enjoy doing and what is the workout that is off limits completely because it's just not going to help you or it might be cause an injury? So my complete off limits workout is I'm not, so I'm, my trainers told me specifically to not do like push-ups or pull-ups, anything that's like putting that strain on my wrist. It's putting like all the weight on it. Um, I have to really stay away from that. I also have learned my lesson to stay away from trying to max out um, weight in the gym with squats in particular. I It's easy to get on there and you're like, oh, I feel like I can do this weight today. Well, and I bet it's hard too for golf because you're not necessarily trying to strengthen or push your body to improve. You're trying to maintain. Yes. And so, I mean, I know you, you're so competitive and I can't like imagine you in the gym, just staying on the same weight for a long time. You're like, I need to, I need to pump it up. I need to, you know, (laughs) be doing more. So I can't even imagine that. No, exactly. Amanda. It's like, it's hard because I'm constantly, I'm wanting to, to go there, but I've learned my life. I had, it, it was a year ago. I had two ribs come out from overdoing it. I could not, it was the worst pain I've ever experienced. My, it, it, you can't even breathe when yeah. like, you can't lay down. I'm like, what, what's the point? 
anyways, I won't go down that road, but <laughs> I learned from that. I was like, I can't, I mean, g- golf is my sport. I'm not here to be a, you know, Olympic weightlifter. And right. I, so what am I doing? And I'm just hurting myself. And so now everything I do is tailored to just, you know, I'm not pushing it, but I'm doing enough to, you know, keep me strong and, and mobile and all that. And then what is your favorite workout? Just not even for golf, just what you enjoy the most. I would say, I mean, I love to sweat and just knowing I got a a really good workout and it's the best feeling. So for me, I really like, I've kind of picked up, um, I do not have a punching bag, but I, let's just say I'm punching the air. I have like (laughs) boxing gloves and I will like, I found some on YouTube. There's some like really great, like kickboxing workouts and whatnot. And just kind of like getting around. I I feel like I'm a Ronda Rousey in a sense. (laughs) That is a gnarly workout that makes you sweat. That makes you burn so many calories. It is unreal. Oh, uh, it's, it's amazing that if I could do that and then just incorporate some strength training afterwards with I I I do have I don't know what I would do without squats I just I love because I feel like I'm working on my entire body when I'm doing right so I definitely always am trying to get that in but if I could do the both of those then I'm I'm having a good day right so as far as just an overall look at golf do you think there's been any pros and cons in your journey with golf so far just having that be your sport there's definitely uh i mean obviously the pros are just you know endless amount of pros that have come from golf at just getting to travel the world and get to experience cultures make friendships that and memories that would last a lifetime i mean i've gone to speak on for the Ryder cup in scotland i got to speak during their opening ceremony on behalf of the our junior rider cup team in front of 50,000 people and just crazy little things like that have happened like that that are just you know make me want to pinch myself because I'm like wow I, that is just the coolest thing that or I, being on the today show or yes that's like another crazy <laughs> no that was unbelievable too and in playing in the first ever Augusta National Women's Amateur first woman to play Augusta National um, in a competitive round, they just, you know, I've gotten to live out some moments that I could only have dreamed of. And so, you know, it's just, it's been um, just incredible to say the least. But I mean, obviously cons come from just the sacrifice, but sacrifice comes with any, everything you do in life that, you know, you want to be good at. And um, that's just, it's, it, it to to get to a level that's you know beyond just the average you gotta you gotta sacrifice and you I missed my high school graduation but I you know I I did it for a great tournament that I got to play in and I'm not like you know I'm not losing sleep over it so right. <laughs> so do you think do you think being by being so disciplined your whole life I mean like we said, you got out of school at noon, you were on the golf course every day for high school. Do you think being so disciplined at a young age, you missed out on a little bit of your childhood? Um, you know, I would say there's definitely a little bit of being a a kid and that youthfulness that I feel like, I I feel like I had to grow up kind of fast with 
learning how to, you know, travel and you know, on my own and, you know, play, just playing golf alone makes you grow up when you're, I'm out there with, like I said, the, the older men, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it definitely, there's a little bit of that, but I think every, you, I mean, I'm not like, it's nothing that I wouldn't change anything for it. And I think every high level athlete or, or just anyone in a high level profession too, would just say that, you know, it's definitely, you have to kind of do it in a sense, if you want to separate yourself. I didn't, I, I, I honestly loved, you know, just feeling like I wasn't the normal in a yeah. way. Yeah. Well, and you also did it really right because you had your, your friend group. It, you're a very social person. So it wasn't like when you were disconnected from your friend group at school at all, because we all like knew what you were, you know, you're a golfer, you're, this is what you do. And especially me being like growing up around that, I kind of understood it. So Got you it. were always really good at being friends with people at, in high school and at school and in like Mary, and then also having your friends like on the tour and, and having two separate worlds, but also being very connected to both of them. Yes, exactly. I had to, that is perfectly said, cause I did have two worlds. I had my little friend group in junior golf. I travel and see once every month. And then I had <laughs> my friends that I got to come back home to. And honestly, that's just, it was, it was great. I loved it. And it honestly, now it's more, I'm like, man, where are all my high school friends? I know. Why are you in Denver? Come I back. know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. We're all like moving. Dude. So for, for the pros and cons too, do you think what I, I just want to get your take on, cause we've touched on the com camaraderie part and kind of the cutthroat part of women's golf. I want to know, is it solely professional competitive girls are out there to win and that's it? Or is there kind of a positive help each other out environment? That environment, I, I would say the tour I'm on now, Smetra Tour, it's definitely a little bit more of the positive help each other out because we're all trying to get to the LPGA. So, and, you know, you're, everyone's there, you know, trying to, it, everyone's there to do that. So, you know, who, it's whoever is, you know, working the hardest and whoever's on their their game that week, you, you can't, you know, good on them. But on the LPGA, I'd say there's definitely a lot. There's girls who have been out there for since I started playing golf and, and way before then. And so, you know, it's a little bit more old school. And um, I would definitely say it's, a, you know, that whole, the friendliness and whatnot isn't there to this you know, extent that it is on the Symmetra, they're there to do a job and they're there to go, you know, be you. And right. so, yes, it's more cutthroat. I felt when I played in those events, you know, LPJ events, I've definitely felt the claws come out a little bit more. <laughs> You're like, hi, I'm, uh, I'm Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be my friend, please. I'm yeah. Like, no, no. But, you know, I, but you learn to just, you know, you know what to expect. And, you know, it's going to be like that. You know what? You got to go prove it. You got to go earn right. their respect too. And they did that when they were getting out on the tour. But I, I think that why my question is, is like, why aren't we doing like the men are, they're all one big happy family to what it seems like. And I would definitely like to see it more like th that way for the girls, because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard for everybody. And so 
you know what, everyone's going to do, have their own way of doing it. Let's not, you know, put each other down. Let's, you know, help bring each other up and make it the best we can and make the LPGA the best we can. So hopefully, you know, maybe that's already happening. I just don't even know, but um, I would definitely like to, to see it when I get out there. Right. So let's talk about your dating life a little bit, because I can only imagine traveling and, you know, making golf, essentially your life, it's hard. So is, is dating even on your radar? Are you currently dating? What, what is that? Give us, give us the deets. What, wait, dating life. What, what's dating life? (laughs) What is dating? (laughs) What is dating? Please explain. Um, no, uh, yeah, that, uh, it's not very existent. Um, you know, in college, it's great. You're around, you know, guys, I'm around guys my age. So it's, you know, it's easy to meet people, but now I'm solely just going off of people I've met in the past. And there seems like there's no, um, real future in meeting guys. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty, pretty bleak right now. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But it's yeah, so and you know, but I'm gonna be so busy that once the season starts, I won't even have time for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard. I, I, I've you know had relationships in college, and right now I'm just taking the time to focus on myself, and I'm hoping that you know at some point I'm sure it will come along when the time's right, and you know I'll meet the right guy for that. But, but yeah, it's uh. It's a very single life for Sierra. So. <laughs> okay. I can only imagine though that all of these men golfers are hitting you up. So are you like open to dating men golf- men's golfers? What is that about? Like, do you, do you, do you like not want to even go there with dating a golfer or are you open to it? It's funny. I, I've dated golfers and I've dated guys who I don't really know much about it. So I, you know, and I'm open to both. Honestly, I prefer non-golfers just because it's nice to have somebody to just like talk to something completely different about. That separation for sure. Yeah. But then at the same time, I feel like golfers go through things that just a normal person, like when like a person who doesn't golf would not understand. And so there's like an appreciation there. I feel like for a guy who knows the sport plays golf and can understand like what I am going through on a regular basis because I mean like my mom doesn't really under she understands golf but she doesn't play yeah so she doesn't understand that you know there's gonna be like I'm not coming home and every day is gonna be like shooting the 60s you know it's yeah yeah (laughs) you know so it's anyways but yeah I we'll see what ends up happening. I, I, I'll go both ways though. It's either way. It's fine with me. Right. Okay. So let's wrap this up a bit. I have some kind of more rapid fire questions for you so far to this day. What is the highlight of your golf career or like your favorite shot? Okay. Highlight for me was last year, Augusta national women's amateur. And the last round was played on Augusta. The first two rounds weren't ever played at, uh, a country club right near it and we had the option to take a club caddy or we could take the caddy we had the previous rounds and there's a lot of pressure on me to take a club caddy since they know the course inside and out and apparently you know the greens are the hardest part to the whole course and 
but I had my dad on the bag the previous two days and I wanted to finish with my dad and I wanted also I mean to have him caddy for me at Augusta National in the first event was just like a moment I wanted us both to share and getting to do that with him was just you know so special for both of us so that was definitely my best memory yeah I can't even imagine what what that must have felt like oh my god I can't I mean looking back on it I it it was like better than anything I could have dreamed of it being yeah. just like feeling it those were that was like you know the high like the best dream I could have had as a little girl like that would have you know been one of them so and that is the prettiest course I have ever seen isn't it oh my god and and there's so many people there cheering and you know so many people just to support the the women and that you know and going back on everything else we've talked about with you know the sport I think that 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 event brought so much attention to the game that we needed and it that was the first time I've seen women's golf being taken seriously like I've always hoped it it to and to to see all the attention it got it made me like super hopeful for the future of the the game serious question did you have a pimento cheese sandwich oh of course I had <laughs> I had my uncle go buy me a pimento cheese sandwich while I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hold on, guys. I need, I need this right now. Mid-round talk yeah. over like 10 like heads of people. <laughs> Ten of the cheese sandwich comes flying. Yeah. Oh, not. my gosh. You can't pass one of those guys up. You can't. You can't. So uh, what advice, if there's – just one piece of advice would you give young athletes in golf or any other sport really just trying to make it professionally? I would say that for me, if, if, so if I were to tell myself at a younger age, you know, this, I would have told myself that I needed to, you know, do me and not listen to the noise and not question or doubt, you know, what, what, my like my my own abilities and I think because but let me you know go on that in the sense of like for golf you're always thinking you know perfecting a swing and I've looked at other you know growing all these years even now like I look at professionals and I look at their swings and I you know when I look at them I'm trying to see what I can do more like them and be better but every a golfer and even and athletes like everyone is so different and they're made their bodies are made up differently and you you cannot have the exact swing to somebody else so you know swing your own swing and and do it and own it and do it so much that you know you know the ins and outs of your of what that is and just and own it and if it if it looks like an octopus falling out of a tree, then so be it. Like <laughs> one day, that's a new one. <laughs> people one day will, if you know, copy that and write books about that. I mean, look at Matthew Wolf. I don't know if you've heard that name, but on the PGA Tour, nope. He's you know, <laughs> not a clue. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, <laughs> he has a you know non-conventional golf swing and. But, and people put so much down on him when he turned pro and, you know, like this, this kid's never going to win. 
like first time out the bat he won and just now like people are trying to copy his swing just goes to show that you know what like it, it can be done so many ways there is no perfect way to do it and and that goes with I'm sure every single sport so just own what it is that you have and and run with it you just gotta do do what works for you yes and lastly what is something you wish you knew as just going through the whole journey of getting to where you are now is there one thing that you think could have helped you if you knew it earlier hmm I you know uh yeah, I mean, it's kind of this similar thing to what I, I said with the perfectionism of, um, you know, I'm always trying to be perfect. I think it's very important to not, there. there is no perfect. Obviously, you always try to get better, but there's no such thing as that. Um, I think I, if I could have done anything different, I just think I, I would have been a little bit um, easier on myself not put as much pressure on myself because I did you know whenever I was in high school I honestly I'll be real I did not want to go to college I wanted to be a pro golfer and you know granted I'm very glad I went to college because those were the best you know four years and I learned more than I could have imagined from it but if I didn't put the pre I had two LPJ events I was playing in the summer before and I said okay if I can go prove myself in those then I can, I'm going to go pro. And I just put a lot of pressure on myself. And you know what, it's looking back, I'm like, I wonder what it would have been like if I just went out and played in those and didn't even, you know, worry about trying so hard to, you know, become a professional that in that time of life and just played. So, you know, I think just living in the moment and, you know, you have your goals, but every day, just, just enjoying what's the, the day brings you and, you know, not trying to like force and control what your your future can be all right well thank you so much for being here sierra where can people find you on social media sierra brooks 59 sierra brooks what is 59 you know what i don't know why because <laughs> i'm like i'm thinking back and i'm like first of all you didn't really play a sport where you had a number and second of all i don't think there's really a 59 in in any sports that i've played <laughs> Well, okay. Now, look, it's like the, it's like the one most wanted number as a golfer. Like we always, Oh, I see. You want to go shoot the 59. Like that just seems like obtainable. Like it's just, you know, that that's something you just dream of doing. And I am not there yet. I've gone to 61. I've not gone to 59. You are setting those intentions though. uh, That's right. Sierra Brooks 59. (laughs) Find me. So, so <laughs> what do you have coming up? What can people expect from you? Uh, I have, you know, the semester season will come June, mid June. And so I'll be playing all over the country and I'll, you know, they can expect to see a lot of golf posts and I'm sure a bunch of uh, foodie and workout posts will, you know, go in there. Yes. Okay. Last, last time we recorded this, we were talking about Sierra having to do some kind of YouTube thing when she travels, yeah. finding the best places to eat. Cause she's such a foodie. I'm such a foodie. Like we need to make this happen for you. No, I'm serious. I'm thinking I need, uh, we got, I got to do a YouTube channel and I need to go to like the local spots that I'm traveling to and find the best local food spots. So I'll, I'll come travel with you. I'll be your videographer. We can make this happen. No, let's do it. 
<laughs> okay, well, thank you so much, Sierra, for being here. And thank you guys for listening. If you want to find her on social media, again, it's Sierra Brooks 59. And if you want to find me on social media, it's Just Mans. Thank you guys so much for listening. So much fun. Bye.